Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. This is your host, Lorraine Ball. More than 10 years ago, Allison Carter and I sat down to talk about brand position. Funny thing, that conversation is as relevant today as it was back then. I know the sound quality may not be exactly what you're used to from MTFW, but the content is so good, it is worth a listen. So sit back and enjoy. Okay, here's the show. We're going to talk about something that I think a lot of people think is sort of a a marketing buzzword, Mm -hmm. and that's your brand position. Well, I mean, those are long, unwieldy statements that you put on like a poster with some soaring eagles, right? Actually, no. But I like the soaring eagles. All right, I'll get you soaring eagles. Company mission statements tend to be probably printed and publicized a little bit more, but a position statement really is more of a guideline for your marketing team and your organization in terms of what you want to mean to your customers. Just give me, just give me an example so I can picture this. My favorite position statement is the Ritz-Carlton Hotels. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen. Now, I think theirs is incredibly elegant. It's only five words, and, and your position statement doesn't have to be that short. Or seven? Seven. <laughs> seven. Sorry. Okay, I was counting on my fingers over here. Yes, yeah. Okay, but it's, it's very, very short. But in that statement, what they do is they define who their customers are, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. It defines a, a level of service, a way that their employees are supposed to interact. A hiring philosophy. A hiring philosophy. Um, there is a polite elegance, mm-hmm. and in the middle of it, there's no discussion about comfortable night stay or rest. It's all about service. And if you've been in that hotel and you walk through that lobby, you immediately know that that's what that hotel is about. An impeccably dressed person will walk up to you if you even pause for a moment to say, is there something I can help you with? So basically, a position statement tells you who your customers are and what, at the most basic level, you provide to them. Absolutely. And it really needs to go... Just a smidge further, um, Reese and Trout were what the ones who coined this phrase, position statement, in the late 60s, early 70s. And they said that it was really a battle for your customer's mind. It was really about what they thought about you and how they thought about you in relationship to other people who provided that service. That's where the term position comes from. So it's plotted, like on a map, you're placing your position in the market. You're plotting your GPS coordinates. Absolutely. And so in that instance, in order to do a good position statement, you've got to know what those coordinates are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means making some hard choices. Let's, let's just even take a step back. Why do I need one? When your customer goes into the marketplace, there are lots of choices. And if there is nothing unique about you, if there is nothing that leads me to say, if I want this kind of service, this is where I'm going to go, the only thing that I can use as a determinant is price. Mm -hmm. And for most businesses, being the low-cost provider is not possible 
And not necessarily a good thing. And it's not, I mean, there are certain companies that can make a lot of money always being consistently the lowest price. It is a, an operating choice, but for many businesses, there is always someone who can go lower, and that is a death spiral. Um, and so if you don't want to compete on price, mm -hmm. you have to have something that is uniquely yours. There has to be a reason why someone comes and does business with you. Maybe it's because you always have the latest fashions in your retail store. Maybe it's because um, you've got someone who's been doing this for so many years they can do it with their eyes closed. But just to be clear, this is not really a statement intended for public consumption. Absolutely not. And I'll give you my second favorite example, which I would never want the, the customer to share with their customers. They um, provide outsourced IT mm -hmm. services to companies that are um, underknowledged and under-resourced. Yeah, no one likes telling their customer that they are uh, underknowledged. But so, it, but it's so it's it's an internal statement, and and obviously, uh, underknowledged is a very diplomatic way of putting that. You wouldn't say you know for ignorant and poor companies <laughs> would not be a politic way of phrasing it and, and of positioning yourself in your employees' minds. But the the idea is that um, what they're doing there is they're going to companies that maybe have one or two IT people. Mm -hmm who've got some areas where they're very specialized, but they don't have the knowledge or skills or manpower resources to do the whole gamut. And rather than hiring 10 people to cover that knowledge base, mm -hmm. they can hire this company that can bring those people to the table. And so, you know, when he first said that to me, I have to admit, I was appalled. But the more we talked about it, the more I realized that vision of what he brought to the table was very, very clear. Yeah. Um, I think one of the mistakes companies make is, um, it's what I call mission, it, it's what I call um, in the impossible position. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, is this like, we provide the lowest price, but the highest level of service? I love that. Because um, you can either be, uh, and that, that's it, it's highest quality, lowest price. <laughs> You can either be a sale day at Nordstrom's or the designer department at Walmart. Mm -hmm. But those two items are not the same in the customer's mind. No. In each instance, those two retail stores have made a decision. Nordstrom's is a high-end store that sells occasionally at a lower price. Mm -hmm. Walmart is a low-end store with some slightly nicer items. Mm -hmm. You gotta pick something to lead with. Yeah, if I, and my other favorite is, uh, I get this all the time, we wanna seem high-end but affordable. You those, can, those are oxymorons. You know, and um, you, you have to, if you wanna occupy a position, you gotta pick one. Um, I think some others of, you know, um, uh, my favorite, and I was looking at a lot of these, um, I think it's famous footwear. Um, it is affordable fashion for families. And so in that, in that statement, mm -hmm. they clearly identify, I probably won't go into a lot of famous footwear because I don't really want to trip over the snotty kids 
while I'm trying on my shoes? Snobby? No, it's not a matter of snobby. It is a matter of when my kids were that age, that was a great place for me to hang out. It's the same thing with restaurants. I don't go to the same kind of restaurants today that I did when my kids were little. And the restaurants that tell me this is an adult eating experience mm -hmm. have a better shot at getting my business. But going back to, uh, to Famous Footwear, they do have a great mission statement, I think, because it clearly says, what's the price point? It's affordable. But at the same time, they're fashionable. By putting those two words together, you know that essentially what you're getting is, in a nice way, designer knockoffs. You're getting stuff that emulates the runway. You know you're not going to be finding Balenciaga and you know other high-end No Dolce Cabanas. No, but you're going to find something that emulates that look, will last until the kids' feet grow again or until the style trend goes on, and really they're focused on families. This is where you know the kids can get a new pair of tennis shoes and mom can get a new pair of pumps. And it is a very different... Um, it is not, they're, they're not trying to be an everyman store. Mm -hmm. They recognize that there are people they're not going to sell to. Mm -hmm. And that's the key, is you've got to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. You've got to be okay with the fact that there's some people that are going to like me better. Mm -hmm. um, other brands that you think do a good job of clearly defining who they are, whether or not you know their mission statement. I think that it really comes back to understanding that while you might target to a certain market, everyone is welcome. I think that uh, I think that actually Chipotle, we've talked about in the past, do an excellent job at this. Everything about their store design, the ingredients that they use, the way that they present their ingredients, it's all very millennial focused. I see a lot of you know, parents who are outside the millennial generation with their older kids with them. I see a lot of older people in those stores. So I think that the thing to remember is a position statement is not about excluding. It's simply about focusing. It's like, um, uh, we, I used to do an exercise. I used to teach positioning as part of my mm -hmm. intro to marketing seminars. And I would start with four different bars of soap. Because let's face it, you take those wrappers off, mm -hmm. there really ain't a lot of difference. They smell different. They smell a little different, but, but really, but when you look at the products, um, when you look at how lava soap is positioned, it is positioned as a guy's soap. It's the lava handy still a thing? I don't, I don't oh. even know what the hell that is. Because you're not in their demographic. I know what Axe is. Lava is, um, lava is the only, well, okay, let me back it up. Most people know what WD-40 is. Yeah. It is a product that guys use in garages. It, it makes doors not squeak. It lubricates everything. It gets on your hands and it does come, not come off. There is only one soap that will get, get WD-40 off your hands, and that's lava. Is it actually made of lava? No, but uh, there's a little bit of pumice in it, so yeah, maybe it is. Um, but the really amazing thing is lava soap is manufactured by the WD-40 company. Okay, now that's funny. It's brilliant! That's really it's smart, actually. You create this product that is that is is untouchable in its market. Mm -hmm. It does, it creates another problem, and then you create the only product that will resolve that problem. But for instance, on the other end of the spectrum, when I was a kid, we would only buy Dove soap in our house. Because Dove soap was the affordable, pure choice for kids with for families with sensitive skin, 
Interesting that it was Dove and not Ivory because mm -hmm. that's the position that Ivory used to go back a generation. That's really what they were. Yeah, about. but Dove has really completely surpassed them. Uh, in that respect. Now they've got a different position about the Real Women campaign, but when I was a kid, that's why we bought Dove, because they positioned themselves as something that you could afford. You're not going to the dermatologist for it, but it's not going to irritate your kid's delicate skin. People think of Dove as a woman's soap. Yes. The packaging is definitely a woman's soap, mm -hmm. where ivory is all about babies. But we are not here to talk about soap. That is just a side benefit to you, dear listener. How does a company go about creating their own position statement? Well, if I was if I was hired by a soap company, and let's say on the soap metaphor, the first thing I would really try to figure out is is who am I targeting? Ivory soap is really targeting moms. They are targeting women um, eighteen to thirty five. That's their market. That um, people who have young children. Dumb. They've made a decision. They're going after more. Um, the Real Women campaign is really targeted at millennia, uh, even beyond the millennials because it's got the moisturizer, so it's really women they do the and up. Full, they actually do the full gamut, I think. They have a pretty broad range. If you look at their ads, they've got everyone from, from women who are 18 all the way up to, to seniors. But they're, um, and, and so then going up, up the scale from, from them, where, you know, Dove is more the, the they're trying mm -hmm. to get the, the real women, and I'm going to talk more about personality in a minute. Then you've got kind of the came, which is definitely women 35 and up, because they're really turning to they're turning to the soap for a different reason. Mm -hmm. So it's it's you've got these different groups, income level. Ivory is cheap. Ivory is one of the least expensive. Dove's probably mid price. Yeah. Came's probably one step below the um, department stores. Mm -hmm. So you've got kind of an economic. You've got lifestyle issues. What do your customers do on Saturday mornings? Mm -hmm. Because now, and, and then ultimately, what are they really looking for? Mm -hmm. um, the ivory customer, it's about purity. Mm -hmm. The uh, dove customer is really that natural clean. Letting your natural beauty to shine through. Yeah, and it's, and it's really this kind of natural clean feeling. And Kame is slicing 10 years off your life. So, off your life? <laughs> or at least off You're your life. You're going to buy murder soap. <laughs> no. So once you understand, I mean, and if you want to go a little further, um, Axe. Um, or let's go Irish Spring because that's a little bit more tolerable. Oh. Irish Spring is usually the soap that, that's the first soap guys bought before Axe came along when mom stopped buying your soaps. The soap of fishermen everywhere. It's the soap of fishermen everywhere and you hit the nail on the head. It is a deodorant soap. It is really about go out, play hard, but then use this, you won't smell, and you can get the girls' nuts. Do you remember nuts. that commercial? It's got like the sea captain, he's in his big woolen sweater, and the ladies are like, oh, you're so manly, but you smell so good. Absolutely, and, and we can talk about screwing up positions, and also on the soap <laughs> metaphor. But so, so you have sort of these ranges, and you have to decide if I'm going to enter that space with a soap, I can go head-to-head -head with one of those brands, or I can look for a place, a community that is not being served. That's what Lava does. Mm -hmm. They specifically are going after the working guy, dirty hands, um, grease. The fact that you didn't know the product was on the market, I'm guessing you don't work on your own car. I'm offended by that, madam. Do you work on your own car? 
Uh, I've been considering learning. <laughs> do you even know how to change? The, do you even know how to not even change the oil? Do you have a clue as to how to check the oil on your car? There's a dipstick, right? Yeah, it's somewhere in there. Yeah. But the number one mistake that a company can make is saying, "Well, I sell soap, so my customer is everyone," because hopefully everyone uses soap, which is simply blatantly not true, and you are going to spend a lot of money for nothing. Absolutely, and each of these brands is successful because they figured out, I'm going to talk to this community. Axe does not care if I'm offended by their commercials. Mm -hmm. I'm not buying their product. Mm -hmm. um, I'm offended by the way they smell. Okay, but again, you're not buying their product. Brands that are well positioned are um, specific. Specific, yeah. I mean, uh, but I also, I'm going to give an example of a company that from a positioning standpoint I think has completely missed their mark. And they have a good product too. And that's GoDaddy. Mm. They're Go changing that. They're shifting. They're doing a brand shift. I would love to see what they do because... They have said that their uh, their Super Bowl commercial, they always have a Super Bowl commercial, is, is going to be in a different vein this year. It is not going to have the... Crass and gross objectification of women. You know, I think, but I think, you know, the mistake that GoDaddy made was they didn't know who their customers were. Okay, but we can say that. We can say they didn't know who their customers were. We work with GoDaddy. You know their name. Absolutely. It's the only web company most people know. And you know what? I bet that they did their research and figured out, you know, we might be as offended as anybody because we, we do own domains and we are ladies, but I bet they did their research and saw that X percent of their customer were men. And I'm sure that, and, and, and so they made a conscious decision mm -hmm. that they were going to target not just men. They were targeting the piece of the market that is 18 to 35 because it wasn't just male humor. It was very much, not even frat boy, it was computer geek I don't get out and see girls' humor. So they were very definitely, I'm not going to go as far as saying that they've made a mistake. They have chosen an exclusionary branding statement. You know, whereas, yes, GoDaddy will sell a women, a, a women, a woman, a hosting account. Um, it's not like what we talked about with Chipotle. Chipotle's like, old folk don't even come in here. They don't show, you know, naked seniors or anything. <laughs> that would turn off everybody. Uh, but anyway, so what I, but GoDaddy has very consciously made a decision to say, you know, if women go elsewhere, we're okay with that. And you got to respect that. It takes a certain level of... Maybe the thing that bothers me most is they created a clear positioning statement that excluded me. Yes. And I agree with you. That makes them jagoffs. I think their commercials are terrible. I think they're reprehensible and misogynistic. But but they picked a direction. And uh, you know what? I don't think their humor is really all that different than the Axe commercials. But the reason the Axe commercials don't bother me... You don't see them. And I don't buy that product. Mm -hmm. I think there's a way to create positioning, like you said, with Chipotle, mm -hmm. that clearly targets a market and welcomes others, and then there's a way to draw a line in the sand and say, you people aren't welcome. Mm -hmm. And there are brands and products where the you people aren't welcome mm -hmm. will actually score you more points with your core audience. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's look at um, let's look at Old Spice, you mm -hmm. know, just to keep on the uh, soap and smelly things intact. <laughs> but Old Spice used to be your grandpa's, uh, you know. Absolutely. Little whistle thing. Um, but 
they very consciously made an effort in the past three years or so that they don't want to be your grandpa's. You know, if he wants to keep using it till he dies off, that's cool. They will continue to sell it to him. But what they really want is they go with humor that I would not say is crass. It's not gross, but it's it's macho. It's very tongue in cheek, and it's very clearly targeted at a much much younger man than you would typically associate Old Spice with. And they have to if they want to stay in business. So I would say that that is a way that is it, it, it's exclusionary. But it's, it's not offensive, I guess, is really the difference. Yeah. And I think, you know, circling back around, um, right and wrong in positioning statements, to me, I guess, is more about what do you want people to feel, to think. You know, I'm going to maybe close out with kind of the position we own in the community. People smile when they see the round peg. People know us for a little bit of our tongue-in-cheek humor. They know us for our cats. But they also know us for the quality of the work that we do. They know that we're a small business brand. And all of those things are exactly what I want. I want people, when they see our name, to also sort of in their heads see all the faces of all the people that work here. And that's different from other agencies. If you've enjoyed this archive presentation of More Than a Few Words and you're ready to work on your position statement, be sure to download a copy of our position statement workbook. You'll find a link in the show notes. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening. <laughs>